Welcome to the Always Right Show with Nate and Amar, where we are always right. Amar, how are you right today? Uh, today, I am right about the fact that Joe Exotic running for president is very interesting, but also he's not going to win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this story kind of shocked me, um, and it was just so weird that I heard about it once, but then almost forgot about it because there is a lot going on in politics today but oh yeah i think it's worth going back and thinking about because if we remember the 2016 race donald trump was yet <laughs> another you know celebrity who decided to run for president and a lot of people discounted him and look what happened i don't think the same thing is going to happen <laughs> with joe exotic but the parallels are <laughs> rather interesting i mean i guess the parallels exist but <laughs> Joe Exotic, he's the black horse to the presidency. I'm telling you, you know, he, he's going to get there a tiger for every household. I think no one's going to be able to stop him. Is that his policy? I don't know what policy he has. I don't know if he has a policy. I have the article here. And I mean, he says that he's running as a libertarian. That Wait. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess it sounds decently all right. Wait, his full name is Joseph Allen Maldonado. Oh, Joe Exotic. Nice exotic is his last name. Uh <laughs> oh, well, it fits. It fits. Yeah. It what I find fits. really interesting is I, I thought if you were in jail, you couldn't run for the presidency. But apparently that's not a thing because he has a 21 year <laughs> sentence in prison. Um, after multiple charges, including, what was it? Hiring a hitman to murder wildlife activist <laughs> Carol Baskin, his rival, who may or may not have fed her husband to tigers. So <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and apparently they also got him on killing tigers and selling them across state lines. So interstate commerce, that clause actually came into effect <laughs> when they were arresting Joe Exotic. I don't think but he has a so platform that he's going off of now. He's he's just he's just here. Well, the thing is, he's going to need some sort of platform because you can't run on just like vibes. Like Marianne Williams, like Williamson, like did that as well, but she actually had policy. By the way, she's running again, so that's also kind of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, the whole situation is just a bit odd. Joe Exotic has never even been known for having strong political you know beliefs right um whereas i think trump has at least like put his hand in the professional business sphere which anyone in the business sphere is going to have some opinions on you know politics and policy right maybe maybe i'm not i'm not sure what what his his thoughts on the matter are but he did say it, apparently that, yes, I know I'm in federal prison and you might think this is a joke, but it's not. It is my constitutional right to do this even from here. And I know that probably doesn't sound anything like him. I forget what his <laughs> voice sounds like at this moment, but that was, go that was what I'm going with. And he, he is down for constitution now, apparently. And um, it, it's his right to run for the presidency uh, from federal prison. Dude, imagine if we had a president who was just in prison. Like, how, how would that work? I guess he would just pardon himself I, I, immediately. Like, I, I guess he could, he could yeah. do that, right? Well, I think that's been an outstanding... Um, I think that's actually been an outstanding debate because we really don't know. Yeah. When, when the founders were drawing up the documents, I don't think they were particularly thinking about the presidential candidate being in jail or the president himself being in jail or the president being convicted while in office like these things just have not been been thought of well, the think. impeachment process that's uh that's in the uh, constitution isn't it yes yeah and that is a bit so, so they did think being... yeah there does need to be a way to, to kick them out so they at least had, but maybe they thought no there's no way any rational person would vote for someone who is convicted and in prison um which i, I hope continues to be true but nowadays <laughs> fiction is not or life is crazier than fiction how does that phrase go <laughs> so life is stranger than fiction yeah 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 life is stranger than fiction so who knows uh there's no way joe exotic will be the one to break this trend <laughs> but yes but you but, but but you know what i am right about is 
the person who would break this trend would be Donald Trump if he ends up being convicted um, or he at least thinks that he'll be indicted and thrown in jail next week on Tuesday. Tuesday. So Armageddon on a Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the superest Tuesday that ever occurred. Um, (laughs) I love how we're both like, you look at it. I love how we're both like, ah, perfect transition time. (laughs) That is professional transition (laughs) there, folks. Write write this down. (laughs) (laughs) And it's well, and the the funny thing is the people who hate Trump are going to love the fact that he could be so easily compared to Joe Exotic, who's currently in prison for (laughs) hiring a hitman. (laughs) The Fair parallels enough. are stark. Fair <laughs> enough. Although the the thing, when I was looking at the story, I thought, oh wait, they Trump thinks he's going to be arrested. That's different than all the millions of other times we've been told, oh, Trump's going down. He's going into prison. Oh yeah. yeah. We had like four years of Russian probe that was all meaningless. And I thought, oh, if Trump thinks it, maybe this one holds a little more water. But I had way too much faith in the orange man. Because a spokesman from uh, a spokesman for for Trump said that the president or former president had not been notified of any arrest and that Trump had not provided any evidence of leaks from the district attorney's office and did not discuss possible charges in his post. So he posted to True Social, hey guys, I'm getting arrested. Why am I speaking like that? Why? Hey guys, I'm getting arrested. Um protest and then there's no evidence for it so it's like what's what's the game plan here what what what's going on that's weird because one would think that trump is his own spokesperson first of all (laughs) and 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 second of all um like there there's there are multiple angles to this because as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, well, you know, one way that the administration, the current administration, like uh, Joe Biden's administration, could make themselves look great in the advent of Trump saying he's going to be arrested is just to not arrest him because it makes Trump out to be a liar. You know, it's one thing that he's been wrong about. And it also can easily allow, you know, Joe Biden and the rest of the Democratic Party during the 2024 election it can make them be like, well, hey, look, you're not actually a victim like you want to portray yourself as while running for president. But at the same time, with Trump, this could also be like a move to force the administration's hand to never arrest him. Because now people are talking about the ethics of arresting a who was essentially a like a, a political you know, opposition leader, right? Arresting mm-hmm. someone who's going to be running against you in the next election. So there, there are like so many different ways that this could like shake itself out. Hmm. See, I hadn't thought about it from from that angle because I, I, there is definitely that the ethics thing of arresting someone who could be your your opponent. Like there's a lot of people complaining with the with Hillary Clinton when she was running and the hmm. FBI saying, "Yo, uh, Pizza Gate or something like." <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Pizza Gate, but for for reasons or another, they said, "Hey, Clinton, uh, we're, we're coming after you," and they're like, "Oh, how dare you?" And that's closer to an election. I think that nowadays the ethics may might be a little, I don't know, might be a little more sound. But at the same time, he is definitely mm-hmm. at least one of, if not the top contender for the presidency yeah. of the Republican Party. So it's fair from from that side of things. But the way that I viewed it was. What is Trump thinking? Because yeah. he's telling the truth. Then why is he the only one who knows the truth? Why has nobody else apparently come across it? Maybe somebody else has said something. And by the time mm-hmm. that anybody hears us, it'll already be very clear. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just how it's going to develop. It's on Tuesday for crying out loud. But it's, with, with how things are moving, if, if Trump is telling the truth and he knows something that mm-hmm. nobody else does, which seems... Very unlikely, and it's Trump. Very it's unlikely. Trump. So yeah. So, it, it, but if he doesn't know something that we don't, then he's lying. But what right. benefit would there be to lying? Because I doubt he's he's playing four D chess where he's like, ah, <laughs> if I push them to try and convict me, then they'll never convict me. No, no, he speaks out of his butt. He's just trying to. He's going along the the, the tide and trying to form some sort of narrative every single second. And 
he just he's convinced himself that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday and he's come up with some sort of story. Same. So if it's true, then, then I guess it's true. And we'll, we'll see the ramifications of that. But if it's false, what exactly is he thinking? Cause it will only yeah, discredit him. Be... Right now. It could be that he is sort of making an educated, <clears throat> sorry. It could be that he's making an educated guess because um, on that same day that he he said that, two news stories had come out uh, sort of targeting Trump uh, legally. One was um, accusing him of accepting three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in like uh, unreported like bribes or campaign money or something like that. Um, unreported bribes. Who reports a bribe? <laughs> unreported bribes. Unreported gifts. <laughs> it was like an unreported gift or something. Um, and then the second one was uh, in related to the Stormy Daniels situation, yeah. which is interesting because even as someone who, for the majority of, of Trump's candidacy, I was a fan of him. I did find the, you know, the, the Stormy Daniel tack a bit more convincing because I think there was a lot more direct evidence that Trump had lied and Trump had paid off, um, you know, Stormy Daniels. And I think in that case, it was just so blatant um, that he had done what he lied about, paid her off that I was, you know, I actually kind of agreed with like the, the left wingers who were anti Trump on that. And I've heard some chatter today that what, Trump had done in that situation was against New York um, campaign laws or something. I'm not completely familiar with them. Um, but if that's the case, it does sound like there might be some grounds for you know, convicting Trump. But I don't see why you wouldn't just go ahead and indict him then because the story's old. I don't know how much new information you know, has come out over the past like three days. <laughs> yeah, I'm going along kind of the the same line that have gone along for a while where it's like, you guys have been trying to arrest this guy forever and nothing's sticking. <laughs> the spaghetti isn't done yet and you, you, you're, it's not going to happen. So I, I've kind of fallen along the line of there's no shot that you actually arrest Trump, but th- there, there's always a possibility, I guess and I'm willing to play that game and campaign campaign, yeah. Like mismanaging, I forget what the law is, is called, but mismanaging your campaign funds or not using them properly. I mean, it should be taken seriously because you shouldn't be able to just run for a campaign, get money, and then spend on whatever you want. So, yeah, sure. But at the same time, it feels like a lighter charge. I mean, Dinesh D'Souza, he was arrested and thrown into jail because he gave one of his friends a little too much money for a campaign. <laughs> and then he made a special where he mocked it and all the prisoners in the prison mocked it. <laughs> it's not taken that seriously. No, that, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. But and th- but then there's also like the whole other angle of <clears throat> not just what the legal ramifications are towards Trump, because, mm-hmm. you know, I could be wrong. Right. But we don't know how strong a, ca- a legal case there is against Trump at yeah. this point. Um, but also there's the political ramifications mm-hmm. because Trump is running for president. So. You know, there's the whole question of how will this affect his run? I, I see I've seen some chatter saying that this is just going to strengthen Trump's, you know, case if he does indeed get thrown into jail mm-hmm. um, because more people are going to be sympathetic to him if he's in jail, if like, he's out of jail. Like Trump is one of those, you know, those, those little kid toys where you, you blow it up, it has a little weight on the bottom, you punch it and it comes back at you. It's just like one of those things, except instead of a nice little inflatable, it has a hammer on the other end of it. So you punch it and a hammer comes back at your face. And that that's Trump. The more you throw at him, the more he's going to hit back. And I, I do think to a certain extent that it, it could bolster his, his campaign. It could bolster his appeal because it feels like, oh, look at the, the those Dems. They're going after the orange man. Don't you let them do that or they'll do it to you next or something along those lines, which I, I get yeah. the rationale behind. I wish they, it wasn't such a reality when it came to, comes to Trump. It, it, it depends, I guess, on just how serious this is. If Trump turns out to be wrong, then it could hurt him. If he's right, then it could help him. Maybe getting a, actually arrested will pull some people who are not hardcore Trumpy 
away. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm wondering how many people are going to jump behind him who aren't already going to support him, even if he killed somebody on camera. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, serious yeah. Trumpies or serious Trumpies. Though there, there's one other thing about his post that I, I wanted to mention, and that was that he said to protest and take back our nation. And oh yeah, so he he called Wait, directly. Wait, the Truth Social. Uh, he called for protests. Now, according to according to Reuters, they're they're quoting his thing here, saying protest take back our nation. Now Reuters does immediately follow that with said Trump, whose supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol building on January sixth to try to overturn the twenty twenty presidential election defeat. So clearly, they're very biased there, um, <laughs> and are trying to. Bit. Harken to something that's not actually a thing, but it does seem that he definitely did call for protests, which begs the question, are we actually going to see any? Is anyone actually going to act on this? And then what exactly do they protest? Whose door do they go knocking on? Do they go to the Manhattan attorney's office and protest someone getting arrested? I personally don't think anyone should be arrest or protesting the the law or the law doing its job. You shouldn't be right. protest that because then you got the court of public opinion and that just muddies all the waters. Let the, let the police do their thing. And unless it's something very egregious to such an extreme extent, maybe there's an exception out there, but mostly I just want them to leave it alone. Well, or if it's something that's, you know, there's you know very clear indication that, you know, like an illegal action has been taken. Yeah. Right. Or or like like a <laughs> bunch of evidence that's extremely solid comes out. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if a bunch of evidence comes out, you know, and makes a really strong case for it, then yeah. at the very least, we have to let the legal process, you know, do what it does, which I think in any case is what should happen because, hey, if Trump didn't do anything wrong, I would find it highly unlikely that the government would frame Trump to the point where he actually gets convicted of something, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to you know throw a political prisoner in jail. Which, granted, he doesn't have to be convicted in order to be thrown in jail as a political prisoner. But you know, if <laughs> yeah. but if but I mean, to a certain point, you know, if you go through the whole legal process, he's found you know not guilty, then he's going to be let free. Yeah. I mean, if Trump actually, if he were thrown into prison and then he were, I don't know, proven innocent or something afterwards, then that would be quite the sight. He would have campaigns for days, having himself walking out of prison, like raising a fist like, I survived in the prison. They tried to take me out, but I'm still here. You can't stop me. I mean, that... I'll be down for like Trump reality TV is one of my favorite shows. So <laughs> they literally just watch. Are you what talking Trump... about the news? Are you talking about his actual shows? I'm talking. I'm talking about Trump's existence. That is Trump live TV. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm down for some of these uh, things to happen. Although more on a TV screen as opposed to how they would actually affect us in real life. But. <laughs> It's it's just I think a little bit of both, you know. Maybe a little bit of both, but um, <laughs> yeah, the the whole political prisoner thing is I, I have a hard time believing that they could actually come at him in such a partisan way that it's only partisan without any kind of actual legal backing. But there are there there is an argument at least to be had to say that he's been put upon a lot more than any other politician would be where he did this thing at campaign finance laws or whatever it is um, where there's probably plenty of politicians who've gotten away with it, but no one was really looking at them under a microscope, but Trump is Mm -hmm. being looked at under a microscope. So anything he does could be considered illegal. If he jaywalks, he will be in prison, but, (laughs) but anybody else (laughs) wouldn't. So his best argument would probably just be, Hey, they're everybody else is, is also doing this, but but they only care about it when I do it. And I don't yeah. know how many others are actually doing it. Maybe <laughs> maybe there's some water uh, to hold there. Maybe there's not. 
but yeah. that would probably be his best argument. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that, like, it's certainly possible that other people are doing the same thing, but, you know, I don't know how much people would care. Yeah. Like, so, for example, like, when it comes to the campaign money, right, that's $300,000. I was just thinking in the grand scheme of things, what percentage of that is that actually going to be out of all the money that he's received Mm. kind of as part of his campaigns? Right. Um, You know, it's it sounds like a small number, like in comparison to the money that Trump has and what he's received over the course of his presidency. Um, And, you know, maybe some other people also have, like, received nominal amounts of, like, money either in gifts or in Mm -hmm. campaign, you know, donations. But no one went after them because it was, like, $10,000. So, to be fair, though, if you break the law, you should go to jail. So, you know, whether or not there's a double standard about it, the question really should be, why aren't we prosecuting everyone who commits this crime? Or why don't we change the laws? Yeah. Rather than, well, why are you only arresting Trump? Because, you know, to be fair, you know, if he did the crime, then you should you should be arrested. You go to jail. <laughs> you know who else should be arrested? Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Though uh, I would also probably argue that we, we might not want to to arrest Putin, but we can probably talk about that a little bit later. For now, the story is that Putin has been issued an arrest warrants over war crime allegations from the ICC, the International Criminal Court, which doesn't actually have any authority to arrest him. But they put <laughs> out a, a warrant for his arrest. And from my understanding from this article from uh, what what is this pbc bbc pbc yeah, bbc, BBC. <laughs> uh, according to the bbc they're saying the international criminal court they only have authority basically if the country decides they have authority and it's russia it's putin they're not going to give them any authority over them to <laughs> arrest vladimir putin the essential <laughs> dictator of russia so <laughs> maybe that's so a little what, so what's he, your what's your take on this so what's your take on this? How are you how are you right about Putin? <laughs> well, I'm right in that the arrest warrant's not going to do anything. It's literally just an act. And I don't know so much as an act as much as it's kind of just there for the sake of being there. Say, hey, yeah, we, we issued an arrest warrant for war crimes. Um, and those war crimes, by the yeah. way, are for unlawfully deporting children from ukraine to russia which sounds like Mm. kidnapping um yeah but if we want to call unlawful deportation okay um be careful that you don't get unlawfully deported from your house um (laughs) it's always a very very keep an eye out for that yeah unlawful (laughs) deportation in white vans very scary uh (laughs) so mostly this whole warrant for his arrest thing at most he could be arrested if he left the country and went to a country that did uh, follow ICC or give it authority over them. At best, they could do that. But even then, it's not like Putin's just going to say, hey, I feel like, I don't know, Italian pizza right now. I don't know if Italy <laughs> it would be one of these ICC countries. But either way, let's just pretend that it is. And yeah. he just goes there casually by himself. No, he's going to go with guards and, and all this fun stuff. And it'll be all this whole brouhaha, probably an international <laughs> incident if they tried that. So even if he left the country and they tried to arrest him, it wouldn't be pretty. And then Russia would have a power vacuum and power vacuums aren't good Mm. because it's never a good person who ends up filling a power vacuum. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it's not the most common. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're always right. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, I see it more as just just a i can't think of the word but we'll just say it's It's symbolic it's yeah it's basically all it is yeah it's it's tough too because you know i was i was thinking about this from how other nations would would approach this and want to handle this Mm -hmm. right i would have trouble (laughs) thinking that any nation would actively want to arrest vladimir putin like he could roll over to Romania and buy him pizza. And I don't think that he would get arrested because at the end of the day, we are in what's probably like a second cold war. Um, and, you know, arresting 
Vladimir Putin would just set off tensions that really, yeah. I don't think anyone has business setting off because we have on one side, we have the United States. On the other hand, we have Russia and in China who they are at least posturing that they're ready for some sort of military action against us. And we're having some sort of like ticky tack, um, you know, battles in the sky with various like metal flying objects. And while I don't think that we're at a point now where, you know, nuclear war is likely, we certainly don't want to do anything that'll move us closer to that direction. So I think any nation would be honestly foolish to arrest uh, Vladimir Putin for, you know, anything, even war crimes, which granted, you know, war crimes are criminal, but at the same time, is there a way to carry out war in a way that you're not committing war crimes? Uh, yeah. You know, granted, I've never done war before, but <laughs> it just seems to me that if you're, you know, going to be at war, you're going to commit atrocities at some levels. I don't know if a clean war exists. I mean, there, there isn't a, a clean war, but there are, there are definitely ways that you can conduct it in a quote, clean, clean way. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes, like, uh, there's probably never been a war where a war crime wasn't committed by somebody. But there's a difference, I guess, from the leader themselves organizing or promoting, carrying out the war crime, as opposed to, hey, this this platoon of mine that under our jurisdiction, they did the war crime. Hey, we're going to arrest them and yeah, take care of that. But this one is just, hey, the head honcho, he did something wrong. <laughs> And now we got to arrest him. Oh, yes, we're, we're going to totally arrest the guy in charge in the middle of a war. That's that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to go over really well. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's more likely Putin dies in action than it is that he'll be arrested, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I in Putin dying in action is about as likely as, you know, is like a, likely as like Zelensky actually going into action. Which is, which is like, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Hot takes with always right show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's more. It, it's just a symbolic action for all intents and purposes, and the war is going to either end with World War Three happening with Putin dying and then someone else taking over or somebody is going to have to say, Hey, this is enough. Let's get to the table and figure something out. Do you think world war three is inevitable? I don't think it's inevitable. Not at all. I do think that China definitely They're gnawing at the bit. They, they really mm -hmm. want to jump into action. And they're they're eyeing tai Taiwan, but I think because Russia was one of their probably primary potential allies, and they have been stomped by Ukraine and just us and other countries sending them a few fun weapons uh, to play with. Mm. It's just it's shown that they're weak. It's shown that Russia mm -hmm. is weak. And basically the only thing that's kept them from crumbling is the threat of them having or using a nuclear weapon of some sort. And I, I doubt Ukraine would be able to just march on Russia. But, <laughs> but I think that the only reason that the war hasn't ended is because Putin has the nuclear backing to to an extent. Yeah. Well, then again, he's he would also probably be desperate enough as... A, a leader who may or may not have terminal illnesses that could cause him to die. So he's probably trying to make his mark in Russian history, but mm -hmm. he instead is failing terribly. So China, well, yeah. China's sitting around saying, okay, if Russia is not that reliable of a partner or if they're getting stomped on hard, what mm. chance do I have or what can I do to get around this. They they said that they might be willing to offer Russia some support, but a thing to know about China is that they're not nearly as advanced as people will give them credit for, not as militarily advanced. The big thing that they have is that their Navy is now technically bigger, the United States one, 
Now, it's not as technologically advanced. We do have better ships than they do. But numbers still make a big difference. And they could cut off plenty of trade lane. Like they, There's plenty of power mm. that they could move around. So they're not out of the game by any means. But I doubt that they'll just go for it. They're, they're sitting around and waiting to see how things play out. It's interesting. I never thought of the, you know, the fact that Russia is, you know, projecting weakness by not defeating Ukraine um, mm. as, you know, something that would cause China to hesitate in their like escalation of aggression. Mm. Um, that's like, that's a, that's a really good point that you make there. Like, I would imagine that China is powerful enough to take on America on like their own. But I think mm. it's very clear that China really does not want to do that. Um, and, you know, if, like maybe if Russia can demonstrate that they're weak enough, then China will be forced into backing down because mm. Russia is the only country I can think of that is like powerful enough and somewhat willing to engage us in some sort of war. We do have North Korea, who I think has a lot of nuclear capabilities, but I think they really just want to stay isolated. You know, they're 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 starving to death too, so they have the, like that to 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 think about. Yeah, and so you know they could hit a button and, and fire a nuke, but I don't think they would have the fortitude to handle a full scale war nor the willingness. I think they. So who else could China even turn to? They do have allies. I forget who all they are, but there there are some that they could call upon in kind of the Middle East area. There's some there. There's of mm. course Russia. So th- th- there there are definitely some allies that they would have. And of course, if they went to war with the United States, it wouldn't be just war with the United States. But then all of our allies would be involved as well. And then there's if. China allies with with Russia, then Ukraine then is going to be backed up by a lot of the European nations, and then I for mm. Japan I, I believe Japan's an American ally, so yeah right yeah yeah Japan's an American ally sure, so sure. they would be they would be there I gotta look that up. am I stupid I could I, I swear Japan is an American ally maybe they're kind I'm of up in the sure air I forget I I'm not, I I guess I wouldn't say who it's Japan is Japan. An American ally. We'll, we'll take a quick look at that. Um, no, Shinzo, Shinzo um, Abe at least was, you know, had very, you know, uh, favorable relationships with the United States. I mean, yeah. I don't know about his successor. So I'm saying lone ally for the past several decades. Japan gave up a right to wage war against after its defeat in World War II as relied on the United States for protection. Return to promise to defend the country. Uh, that might be old news, but I, I think that they're, they're, Japan would likely ally itself with the United States in a war against China. I, I don't see that as improbable, but I guess that's not the big question as to who Japan would ally with. But there are there are allies the United States would have, allies that the that China would have. And in the end, it's it's not as surefire a victory for mm. the allies um, as some people might think. Now, I do think that United States still has that military superpowerness, but we are definitely, we are behind on recruiting, so we don't have as ne- nearly mm. as many people. We're lagging behind on our Navy. We have sophistication, and that's our primary... Yes. I'd say goodness so far. And up to the north, all we have are Mounties, and to the south, all we have are drug cartels. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot that are uh, surrounding us to to back us up. But we do have all the European nations. True. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting situation, but you know, certainly no immediate danger. I I I don't think there's any immediate danger, but <laughs> It's all speculation. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's a hundred percent speculation. Um, and in any case, I don't think that you know some ICC issuing an arrest warrant on Vladimir Putin is going to change much in how these nations relate to each other. No. Um, nor you know what happens with the war in Ukraine. 
which seemingly is just like stalemate <laughs> after stalemate. I'm basically at the same which is really unfortunate because it's leading to increasing suffering among at least the folks in Ukraine and and I think some oh, yeah. you know at least the soldiers of Russia as well. Um, but it looks like it's just going to keep on going on for the time being. Yeah, and Russia has they suffered major losses. I think the latest number is like a hundred thousand soldiers that Russia has lost in this war. And wow. it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Cause the, the weapons mm. that they're using, I think are still world war two in, in their technological capabilities. They are old. But that was sort of explaining why they haven't won. Yeah. Russia, they, they do not have very sophisticated military technology. They can be taken down very quickly. What they have is numbers. It's CIS mm. versus, the Republic from in Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> they got all kinds of numbers, <laughs> but it's not necessarily the most sophisticated uh, technology. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. Well, granted, you know, Russia has been in kind of a sorry state over the, for the past, like, you know, few decades. If I don't miss my guess, yeah. 1791 um, did a really good video about it called Russia ghost power, where mm-hmm. they kind of exposed how, while Russia is rich, um, and they have nukes. Um, their you know, their 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 mortality rate is like, um, like like the the life expectancy is pretty low, um, because there's like poor health among the citizens and heavy like alcoholism. So that could certainly affect like their military prowess as well. Because you can Maybe. you can have all the all the weapons you want, but if your citizens are dying because of like malnutrition then you know willful or 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 not like you know there's only so much that you can do yeah i don't know how how unique it is to to russia these days but it's a it's it's a lot of land so who knows but i mean you know at least on the american front we are you know seeing an uptick in sophistication of um ai that's true yes (laughs) Because, you know, we do have, um, you know, Microsoft's um, OpenAI, which is ironically now closed source technology, um, <laughs> releasing uh, GPT-4, right? Uh, no, Microsoft isn't uh, responsible for GPT-4. They Micros- don't own uh, OpenAI? I-, I don't believe they, they are. Does Microsoft have the... Microsoft. I guess this is the first time that I've been I've been wrong. Open AI. I thought for sure. Do do they have sure. it? Oh, okay. So Microsoft adds OpenAI technology to Word and Excel. So OpenAI open owned by Microsoft. Musk. Wait, Musk resigned in twenty eight. Microsoft Microsoft provided OpenAI LP with a one billion dollar investment in twenty nineteen, and a second multi year investment in twenty thirteen. Mm. Um, so they don't own it, but they have a partnership. Yeah, maybe they don't own it. It does seem they have a relationship. Let's see. Microsoft through OpenAI is developing its Azure AI supercomputer, enhancing. Yeah, it looks like it's just a partnership. Yeah. So in in any case with um with ChatGPT four, this whole situation I think with with ChatGPT is is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because. People have been freaking out about AI for a while, but people have really been throwing their hands up in the air with the advent of GPT-3. Yeah. Um, and some people, a lot of people have been saying that it's going to end up like with like replacing jobs because people are going to hire GPT-3 or GPT-4 to do things that humans, you know, ordinarily would do. And I mm. personally think that I am right about it maybe not taking over all jobs. So for instance, some people have been saying, Oh, it's going to take over programming jobs. Mm-hmm. I personally don't see that happening. Um, unless a lot of, you know, intentionality is made in these AI models to make sure that the code actually run- runs properly and actually works in a way that an end <laughs> user is going to like enjoy, because if an AI can write a website or something, but it's bad, Mm-hmm. then no one's going to use the app. And so it's not really going to actually replace anyone. Um, see, and see what, what I know, I, I am absolutely right about uh, GPT in general. See, I, I've been playing with it quite a bit recently. 
And one ah. th- one thing that you need to, we all need to know about ChatGPT or AI in general is that it will say with 100% confidence things that are outlandishly false. So it, I, I do believe that eventually we can probably reach a point where a lot of things that are more technical and factual, like math or something along those lines, it'll be able to get down perfectly. So it, mm, it can do mm. that. But there's plenty of things like programming uh, that you mentioned that you need somebody who already knows what they're talking about who can then translate and say, hey, it's wrong here, wrong there, move this around. Or th- they can basically debug it. So it'll yeah, it'll become a tool that people will use. And I think that's how it's going to initially function. Maybe at a point it'll start taking over some of the some of the more of these jobs but i think for the most part it'll start making people's jobs easier and faster and allow allow them to produce more which mm-hmm. i don't know it just came to mind but people are like oh the whole nine nine workday hour thing is so barbaric and old we shouldn't have to work <laughs> nine hours i'm ai might make it so you don't need to anymore because now you can do the job and half the time who knows That'd be interesting. I mean, it's but it's tough because if that happens, then that's going to decrease the wages, right? Of or maybe the, the take home pay of, of a lot of individuals. Because why pay someone the same amount for doing less amount of work when you could just utilize an AI and have that licensed out? It's possible that with with its advent, with its use, it'll become the sort of thing where it's people are less willing to work. Therefore, you need to pay them more to work. It it, it could end up being a kind of balancing act into employers offering more money and essentially paying the same amount for less time just because the same work can be done. But Mm. it'll be a balancing act and we'll see how it works. There's absolutely no guarantee it it would end up that way. I find it kind of unlikely, but it is definitely a possibility. Yeah. It's certainly not going to be in the advent of GPT four, maybe five. Um, but yeah. I, I feel like the most we'll see. But I think the most the most interesting and probably useful application of of any of these Chat GPTs is in smart speakers. Why aren't we seeing huh. smart speakers using these Chat GPTs? Because I think one reason why no one is using these like smart devices anymore because you know the sales for these things mm-hmm. have been going down people have really only been using them to listen to music and you know check the weather and set alarms now <laughs> and before people were talking about oh you you'll just talk to it while you're just walking along in the house whenever you want to know something you'll just ask you know the little computer in the corner um you know it'll control your whole home and i think people kind of got disenchanted by that in part because they realized that these devices are not at all intelligent but I mm-hmm. think chat GPT to some extent can feign intelligence and also just, you know, provide you with interesting answers and maybe even an entire conversation in a way that I think people want from these, you know, these smart speakers, but they're just not getting it. Um, so I'm just shocked that no one's thought to just throw chat GPT on a smart speaker. It, it's possible, but the the translation of any kind of let's say technology onto one of these smart speakers is a little more difficult than you might think that it is. It's not super, I don't know all the details, but I do know it's not as complicated or not as easy as, Hey, I have this thing. Hey, Alexa, can you recognize it now? It it would require a little bit of, a little bit of work. Maybe the simplest way that they could do it is telling Alexa to enter in a uh, I don't know, a question into GPT and then read aloud its answer or something. That might be the simplest way mm-hmm. they do it. That might be the way they end up doing it. I don't know, but it's not inc- super easy to, to do. Not as, not as far as I'm aware, maybe it's easier than I'm making it out to be, but I do know that there are more challenges that go along with that. Yeah. As far as I know for how, you know, the, t- the technology works, it could be relatively easy I think the trickiest part, the trickiest part would be getting answers in a timely manner because there is some lag when you're using these like chat GPTs. I'm hearing that chat GPT four also has a lot more lag than chat GPT three when it comes to the time between you giving it a query and it coming in Mm. with a response. 
So they would have to make like some sort of, in my opinion, the best way would be to make some sort of like minified version mm-hmm. of the AI and put it on board, like on the device itself and make it like able to work offline. So that you minimize, you know, both, you know, the amount of time it takes to get a response. And also you make it so that it doesn't, cause you can actually socially condition the, the chat GPT which people have done before to get it to say things it's not supposed to say. Um, oh. That's that's like a whole that's a whole realm of like conversation. Well, but <laughs> if you have it hooked up to like the main server, you know, and you're just throwing these speakers like into people's houses and people begin to talk to them on a regular basis, you can easily get like extremely inappropriate responses um or just like very wild responses that like the maker of the speaker doesn't want to be said which if you're fine with that in your home then i think that it's fine for that to just be offline and just like on the device itself but it would be probably not the best to have all these smart devices hooked up to the same ai just because of the social conditioning that can that can occur well with the gpt it's it's not conditioned in the extent that it has one big hive mind that everybody kind of goes from but it's kind of you can condition it yourself for each conversation that you start. Like when I've been playing with it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a, a game and I'm asking it how to play the game and seeing how mm-hmm. well it tells me to play it. And I discovered very recently that it doesn't know enough about the game or isn't, I don't know, aware enough of itself that I could tell it something was true or incorrect and it would then apologize mm-hmm. and tell me that whatever I told it was correct. So I could tell it, hey, how do I make this thing, this, how do I make an iron helmet? And it would say, oh, well, you use iron. And I said, okay, um, that is incorrect. You need to use copper. And it said, oh, you're, you're correct. You need to use copper to make an iron helmet. And that's not right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that works but if i did tell it hey um this tr- this game feature this is actually i don't know call of duty that's actually a call mm-hmm. of duty feature it's not it's not in this game and then it would say no you're wrong Th- this that does not belong to that game oh. it belongs to this game so it it's able to stay within little pockets of reality but it doesn't understand everything within that little bubble and then you can manipulate it within the bubble, but you can't bring it out of that bubble and kind of try to bring other things into it. Mm. So, so do you think that the... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you think that the capacity like, to be wrong will limit how it's used? Because you can't just be hiring, hiring GPT to do a job if it's going to be wrong all the time. Yeah. There, there are some things that GPT can do with reasonable reliability some very some very basic things but at the moment you you need an expert or somebody who knows what they're talking about who can check it who can say hey that that is incorrect so in anything that's not a creative field where it's just kind of making something up like say write a script for my youtube video or whatever then it, it, it can't be relied upon to do its own thing. You have to have somebody else who can reach in there, take apart the pieces, figure out what's wrong, figure out what's right, and put the right details. But it can at least streamline the process and make it a lot faster, which is going to be how it's going to be used for the foreseeable future for as long mm-hmm. as it's not able to get everything perfectly right, which I find kind of unlikely it'll be able to do. <laughs> I mean, the the... The World Wide well, Web. Neither, neither can humans, to be fair. Yeah, the, the humans can't. I mean, so there's enough things where the web in general can't get everything right. AI mm-hmm. isn't going to be able to sift through a lot of things that are either left to opinion or left to a little more of a creative aspect. So mm-hmm. there, there are some things that it won't be able to figure out. And I don't know how well it's going to be able to, like video games, how well can it understand? individual video games and how its mechanics work like mm. how do you be x level without touching the ground or something can can <laughs> it can it figure out some abstract details 
and create something in highly specific ways. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, but I, I think it all depends on like what we want G- chat GPT to be. I think first and foremost, chat GPT has been created as like a chat bot tool that could maybe someday like absolutely destroy human beings in the Turing test. And so to a certain extent, we, we might be sort of overgeneralizing the use case of, of chat GPT-4. Maybe. I don't know if it was made only to be a chatbot specifically for that. I, I could be wrong about that. But at least that could be an initial foundation. But it is, people are currently using it to write up all kinds mm-hmm. of different things. So it, it does definitely have some use cases just in, in general society. And there will be people who will figure out or will create other AIs for maybe more specific use cases. Like GPT isn't necessarily going to be the AI. It's not necessarily even going to become the the first major AI that kind of takes over, though maybe it already kind of is. But it it isn't unlikely that there will be other AIs for specific use cases, or maybe there will be one hive mind AI that (laughs) takes over all of it, which I find a little little less likely. I I feel like there will be a little (laughs) bit of competition. And generally, its progress will come down to a couple of factors, which is, one, how well do people adapt and to and accept it? Because mm-hmm. how people accept it will greatly impact its ability to spread. The price tag on it, for now, GPT is free to use, but they could, they could charge per question. They could charge a monthly subscription. There, there's small barriers that they could put behind it that way that could keep it out of the grimy hands of the general public or (laughs) I forget what my other or was. So we'll stick with those two (laughs) things. (laughs) Yeah. I I think, you know, kind of, you know, before, before we move off, off of the, uh, the the topic, Mm -hmm. one thing I am interested in seeing is how Google's alternative Lambda um, behaves because Lambda is a, it's a far more multi-purpose AI that Google's been developing for years now. And, you know, it's been able to do some really impressive things in like made by Google demos, but they've never released it to the public. Now with uh, Microsoft implementing chat GPT into Bing, that sort of forced Google's hand. And now they have announced, yeah, we're going to implement Lambda into like, I can't remember if it's Google search or Google assistant, but Lambda has been used to like translate languages that have previously not been translated. It could take like videos of two people talking on top of each other and isolate each person's vocals. Um, It can like talk to you from the perspective of a planet. There's like so many different things that like Lambda can do that. I'm not sure if like, chat gpt is built for and even where the use cases overlap i think lambda would just approach the situations differently and considering the fact that google's been working on this for i think at least five years once that comes out i'm really interested in seeing how that works just like day to day with with you know individual testing yeah we'll we'll see i haven't seen much about uh much about lambda so i'll have to do some uh, looking into that Although with, with Bing saying, I don't think GPT was implemented into it at all. I think they created their own thing. Because that's the one that at the very least sounded like the 14-year-old girl trying to <laughs> gaslight a guy into remaining her, her boyfriend. So, I mean, maybe there will be the, the simp AI that, that'll be out there. That That's definitely going to exist, isn't it? It's going to be some anime girl, and it's going to have an AI, and it's going to convince these guys to love her. And it's going to be like that movie where this guy falls for his phone. Uh, oh, my yeah. goodness. That was a prophecy, not just a, <laughs> not just a movie. Because uh, I can see funny, this happening. The funny thing is Google... That my, the funniest thing is like Microsoft has a history of this. Like They, they made an AI once on Twitter. That was like that would just like trade itself off of like Twitter responses. Yeah, and they had to shut it down because it was like swearing fealty to Hitler. Like it was <laughs> so like the, the concept of like a Microsoft AI, you know, going off the rails is not is not is not something new. No, not at all. So yeah, but there are 
You mentioned AI where isolate voices, and that's that's a kind of a, a different thing uh, too. There, there's plenty of AI tools that are already out there, but I think the the chatbot ones in particular, the GPT, are the, the mm-hmm. ones that people are really focused on because those are the ones that those are the ones that don't look nearly like t- don't look just like tools, but also look like they stand more of a chance of becoming the sentient overlords that we all fear from Terminator, as opposed to the one that says, hey, you can remove your X from this photo now in Photoshop. <laughs> Just one button. Wow. It's it's a whole thing. I, I feel I think Microsoft, Google or Google, the one of their recent phones or something, they had this true tone kind of thing that they're advertising. Oh, yeah. For it. And I, I, when I saw it, I was like, Okay, you stupid panderers. This this is just called <laughs> lighting the situation right. Because the whole reason they're advertising it, when, when you think about it, because they were mm-hmm. getting slapped or <laughs> people were, were hating on them because they're saying, hey, it doesn't complement my darker skin tone very well. And then you see the pictures and it's it's them and then the sun directly behind their head. And it's like, well, of course you're dark. Well, of course you're dark. And by the way, sometimes I look like a ghost or an angel. But <laughs> so so it, it affects both people in different ways. It's just called good lighting. And now and then they, yes. they, they publish the thing about true tone. But I actually, after I got over rolling my eyes saying, okay, you panderers, I actually looked in the technology and said, oh, actually, this is kind of interesting how, how, how yeah. you're doing this. And there, there's kind of some... So stuff in the technological side of things that are going on with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Google's AI when it comes to like uh, like the camera stuff is incredibly powerful, and I think mm. it just lends itself to. I think that's why the Google cameras, uh, at least like the Google Pixels, tend to take better pictures than the vast majority of phones. Their lenses are nothing special. But they apply some neat AI tricks to make things, you know, look better. But, you know, in, in the terms of, like, what people are looking for out of AI, I think people are worried a lot about either they're worried about it or they're looking forward to, like, like, uh, like transhumanism, I think, which is where you can, like, take your brain into an AI and it'll just, like, live on for you. Oh and so if, like, an AI can, you know, be sentient, right? Mm-hmm. I think the assumption is that then you can just like take your dead relatives and throw them into an AI and they'll be sentient too. Now that's like a long ways down the road right now. I think people are focused on whether or not an AI is actually going to be able to be sentient. Cause you know, we had that one dude who was working actually with Lambda uh, for Google who the professor came out and was like, he didn't say he was gay. What he said was, I think that <laughs> I think that this lambda ai is sentient now and then google came out and said no um and he ended up getting interviews on like fox news mm. and stuff um but i think that's in the more immediate future that's what people are looking for they're looking for sentience out of their computers for some reason yeah people are always looking for sentience and i think that's just something that's kind of put into our minds because of all the sci-fi shows stop watching the sci-fi movies and thinking that it's the future <laughs> that's not how it's going to happen if aliens exist and they visit the planet it's not going to be any of those movies like Arrival or Monsters vs. Aliens or or what have you about <laughs> what happens yeah. when the aliens arrive. And I, I personally don't think any computer could ever be considered sentient in any meaningful mm. way. Maybe it'll be able to it'll be able to come up with responses to just about anything to mimic sentience, but it'll never actually be able to be sentient in it of itself. And that's something I, I I want to hold to that that no matter how far we we come along, I don't think that'll ever ever happen because I think you need to have a soul from God to be sentient. And at with, the end of the day, like computers are just like you throw something in, you yeah. get something out, and that's not that's not how like sentient beings work necessarily. Yeah, they always... we all have origin stories, but. The difference between like people and animals and robots is just like it's vast. It's vast. Yeah. And there's there's always it'll always be beholden to its creator, whoever is the one who who coded it. Now there's the classic story of the AI that learns to rewrite its own code, which 
I, I don't know if that's viable. I don't know if that's something that could actually happen where it says, oh, don't kill humans. Oh, I'm rewriting that code. I'm killing them all, <laughs> baby. I don't know if Ultron would actually be, is, is science fiction or just the future? I don't know if that could actually happen. <laughs> I, I lean towards it couldn't, but maybe something could get att- yeah. intelligent enough to be able to figure out workarounds, even though I do know that plenty of securities will be put in place. Somebody snuck up behind you, by the way. <laughs> I know. Yes, I saw. I saw. <laughs> you all. see, I literally bought a live light, but I haven't hung it up to the door yet. <laughs> well, with that, that's all we got for you today on The Always Right Show. Make sure to tune in next time as we discuss even more fun stuff. Have a good one.